Even though this episode's named after one of my favorite Bee Gees songs, no, it's not staying alive. And this is the Bennett Brothers Podcast for the Star Wars TV series, The Mandalorian, Season 2, Chapter 14, The Tragedy. And I'm Jerry Bennett. And I'm Joel Bennett. Thank you for joining us as, again, we talk about The Mandalorian. We're coming to the end of the season, I believe. Last first season was eight episodes. Is this eight episodes? Yes. There we go. We're on episode six Joel, are you a big season. fan of the, the this BG song tragedy? I, I, who isn't, Jerry? Can you please sing a few bars of it for us? I, I would, but... You don't know the words, do you? I, I don't. It's a tragedy! When the feeling's gone and you can't go on, it's a tragedy! This, you gotta get high <laughs> We, we need to save this guy. This is amazing. This is amazing. I got to get, get higher. I should actually, uh, like Alvin and Chipmunk it. It's got to get real up there. <laughs> that, that sounds like a lot of work, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> See what you did there. Excellent. So, yeah, we're happy to have you back. We're going to talk about the latest episode of uh, Star Wars Mandalorian. We're going to spoil it. So I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoy the ride that we're going to take you on here. We're going to talk about a lot of different stuff here. Uh, but first and foremost, we're just going to mention that this is directed by who, Jerry? Robert Rodriguez. Robert Rodriguez. <laughs> Why do we do I that? Just spiked my microphone. Why do we do that? Yeah, I don't know. Where does that come from? Uh, back from when we watched Desperado, Desperado a million years ago. Robert Rodriguez. I don't know. Debbie doesn't do it. It's really weird. <laughs> Maybe other people do it, too. I don't it's know. It's just us. It's totally just don't us. Don't misbehave. Robert What's your favorite Robert Rodriguez film? Desperado. Is it? Yeah, it's all been downhill since then. <laughs> You didn't like his bit in Four Rooms? It was fine. Remember Four Rooms? Wow. Remember Once Upon a Time in the Mexico? Yeah. Oh, no. That, that was going to be when we talked about movies that... We were uh, so excited for that. We were talking about doing a patron about movies that are we had high expectations for that turned out to be forgettable or meh. And that was kind of... We weren't going to do sequels, but that was like one of my examples. I was like... That'd be a perfect a example. That's a movie that was like, oh, this is going to be great. A third one in the series with Johnny Depp? Think about Robert Rodriguez films. I mean, you know, Dusk Till Dawn, Spy Kids, Shark Boy and Lava Girl, um, you know, uh, Death or the uh, part of the uh, Quentin Proof. Tarantino. Uh, it wasn't Death Proof. Death Proof was Quentin Tarantino's. His was Planet Terror. Uh, but his style, interestingly enough, pops in this, uh, and I'm aware of it. We'll talk about he, the I mean, individual did, details. Uh, I mean, he did uh, Sin City. Oh, Sin he did City a Battle too. Angel. Yes, he did. Which yeah. I which I did enjoy. So. Eh, it was okay. Well, they're, they're, they've been talking about making a sequel to that. Yes. Because it, people love that movie. People love that movie. But yeah, but he I did not expect him to be directing an episode of this. Was, but they had uh, Taco Waititi direct an episode. So you Taco know, Waititi? Is, did I? Waititi? Waititi. Yeah. When you say it, it sounds terrible. Well, I said it with I said it with an American accent. When you when you say it with your fake Australian, you said accent, it like Taiko wa ti ti Oh, so soft and cuddly with the thumb in his mouth. He's really neat. Fun to nibble his little treats. Is this a musical episode? I wasn't. Munchichi. That was Munchichi. I was trying to figure out what that was. Munchichi. Terrible. Thank you, eighties, for putting that stupid jingle in my head. I was not prepped for the musical episode of the Bennett Brothers podcast. That's because this episode is. A tragedy! <laughs> no. But you, I you can't do it. I don't know. I don't, I'm not even sure if the Bee Gees are playing in the background on this. It could be. Depends on how much effort whoever edits this wants to put into it, Joel. <laughs> then no, you're just singing by yourself. Acapella. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, so uh, this episode is. Well, how do you follow up last episode? Really? How do you follow up the episode before that? Every episode so far is not necessarily better than the last. It's on par, adding a new part. I love every time I go like, oh, I can't wait till they continue the next the the, the storyline, and they don't. Continue. I'm like, why didn't you continue that? But by the end of the episode, I'm like, I don't care. I like this thing, and so the next episode will do something different. And I'll be like, well, what about Boba Fett? And they're gonna be like, no, no, we're gonna be following this. And I'm like, by the end of that, I'll be like, well, that's great too. This is phenomenal she, uh, TV. Phenomenal TV. It is close to Rick and Morty levels. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at least we have a theme going on our show where it's. Jerry's love for Rick and Morty and will Mandalorian ever reach it? It's a tough one to, to reach. So, you know, I wonder if we never got anything after the first six episodes and this was the next thing, would this have blown your mind? I know we've had Rogue One and Solo and the 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 sequel trilogy and all that, but would this, this if th- none of that other stuff existed and this is the first Star Wars stuff to come out after all that. Well, yes, this, I mean, this it is... It would f- even be bigger. It would even be bigger, right? Yeah, this is this is it. This is, they have, they have spaced everything out. They've taken their time, introduced, I've heard, oh, I heard a podcast this morning and the guy was talking like, oh, I hope this doesn't, remember, it's Mando, you shouldn't be making it, you know, Brave and the Bold where it just keeps combining with things. I'm like, shut up. First ep- the second episode was him and a frog lady. That wasn't a team up. You forgot about that because this one has him teaming up with something. Oh, there's a five minute scene where he's not even involved. Get out of here. Bite it. It's world building. It's okay. <laughs> uh, I was. I, you, oh, dang, Ferric. Fa- he wants him to kill Grogu. Grogu is yeah. not not in title character, so People. get rid of him. It works. So let's talk about this episode. Joel's going to lead us through. I'm yes. saying this episode was really good, just like before. I don't know if I have a favorite episode this season because every episode has its own incredible charm. The siege was incredible. The Jedi was incredible. The Bo-Katan was incredible. The pilot, of the the first episode, which was the extended one, that one was just you know phenomenal. the The weakest episode so far has been the Spider episode, mm-hmm. episode two, and that was fine. Yes. So here I we agree go. with everything you just said. We're going to start this episode on the Razor Crest heading toward Tython. And I love that Mando was laughing here. Oh, God. When he keeps saying the name and, and the Grogu keeps paying attention to him, it's fantastic. And not only that, when he does the ball trick and yeah. Grogu and he goes, dang, Farrick. You're a very special kid. Yeah, you're a very special kid. We get more emotion kid. in this scene than we've had in the entire sh- series. So this far. just slams. This is going to slam that stupid snake eyes movie that's going to come out and have snake eyes who's supposed to be his face covered not saying anything and it's going to be this good looking guy who's talking all the time it's like well people don't understand it's like get out of here the mandarin just destroyed your logic oh hate that stuff hate it i also want to point out that i've made the realization here grogu came out last year well, I didn't mean that he came out. That's I don't know what his preferences are. Okay, so he came, he came on the scene last sure, he's year. He's only a fifty year old. Idiot. That's my point. He's fifty years old as of last year. Joel, who else was fifty years old last year? I'm just saying this show is designed for Do you want me. To answer me. That I'm okay with it. Jerry's Grogu. That's what we're trying I to am. get at. Well, no, that's the representation. They said, "Who's the focus of the all these episodes? This little guy, this fifty year old guy. I'm the focus of Star Wars." Thank you. You realized your base. I discovered Star Wars in 77. I was in third grade, seven slash eight. It was designed for me. Oh, I got to tell you, knowing, knowing Jerry as much as I do. And audience, he kind of knows uh, me. Jerry definitely does, as a 50-year-old, want someone to take care of him. Oh, God, To so shovel much. him around. That'd be great. To, you know, whenever, anytime someone says his name, he looks and he's like, hmm. 
it's, it's adorable. <laughs> it really is. Uh, <laughs> I have it's, nothing there. Yeah, so this is great. It's such a great... These opening little scenes here, I think they've done it through almost all the episodes where they just have this little connection scene between mm-hmm. uh, Din and Grogu. And it's really built up their relationship. I think they've made a conscious effort to show this. And I like that. I like that a lot. Do you think there's a connection to the fact that we've had two Star Wars characters introduced within the last seven or so years that have rhyming names? You have Din and Finn. What's the connection? <laughs> I thought you were going to give me another example. Trash bin. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm just. I just noticed. I'm like Din because we refer, we finally started referring to him as, as opposed to Mando. Mando's a stupid name. Din Jarred is better. But then I realized like Din Finn Mando. Mando's a great name. What are you talking about? When you say it as Mando, it's I, nobody says it that way. <laughs> so again, you were talking about the the, the conversation here. I, like I said, he he mentions he's a very special kid. You can hear his voice getting choked up because he realizes he's going to have to let him go. And he also says, "I can't train you because you're too powerful." Yeah, he's he's telling Grogu this, but he's really trying to convince himself this. I, you know, I feel he. This is a conversation. Obviously, he's he's having to himself as well. Like yeah. I have to let you go, and it is really choking him up, which we saw last episode as well. Yeah, we see the temple as they're coming in and he makes the comment that there's really no place close place to set down which as soon as he said that i'm like okay that's a that's a story point right there uh i just thought about it right from the beginning i'm like okay if the ship can't be right next to the temple there's a reason but initially my thought was because the next thing he goes he goes well we're gonna have to take the last steps with the windows down and we see him jetpacking with because it's an awesome cut it is an awesome so good they do flying so well in the show yes so we get he lands in this this nondescript temple area. He uh, puts Grogu on the stone, and I you know I had to watch this twice. You can actually see a little bit of the blue lightning coming up off to the side. I thought it was just like an. Now you sure those aren't the blue butterflies that are flying around? No, that was the blue lightning. Okay, because the blue up. butterflies actually may have a reference to something. First off, this temple and this planet has been referenced in the comics that are part of the continuity. Uh, and there are comics that have this, although it looks a little different in the comic books, but there is a connection here. It's not part of the Legends books. But the blue butterflies, we've actually seen them in the comics before. This may be a stretch, but there's a Darth Vader comic where we're seeing from his perspective of how he sees things. And he's he's all red in his impression of how he looks in this drawing, but he has all these little blue butterflies around him that represent the light side of the forest, showing that he's not completely taken over by the dark side so people are speculating or at least one spot that i saw speculated these actually may be a connection with the actual butterflies we're seeing here interesting i just assumed i was just waiting for him to grab the butterfly and eat it i was too (laughs) yes but then we get the most incredible moment here we hear the sound we get to look up in the sky and we see a ship that just really looks so much better than the razor crest (laughs) luckily (laughs) it is in fact slave one boba fett Uh, and jenga fett's ship we're not allowed to call it that anymore I'm sorry, Slave 2. Oh, that's better. <laughs> Jerry, what was your reaction when you saw Slave 1? Uh, it was this. <laughs> oh, my God, 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 oh, my God. What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? <laughs> do you see it? What? Shut up. I said, do you see it? <laughs> that's great. He looks I up, have that shit. He looks up, sees Slave 1. He's ready to leave. And then he looks, and the kid is surrounded by blue force Blue Force, I don't know what you Impressive seeing stones effects. Yes. There is ruins on the bottom of that seeing stone. And, of course, there are nerds all over the Internet who have been able to translate all of the different 
ruins and, ne- and the symbols that we see on all these episodes, and the show has done a really good job of it, but they were also, they knew that people were going to try and decipher it, so there was, n- people spent hours trying to decipher what was said on that stone, uh, and it was shot in a way where they were kind of, they couldn't really make it out. One guy said that it might have been the Jedi, me- the mantra of the Jedi was the closest they came, so... You know, a, Jedi, ah, I, I, a, a Jedi is trustworthy, loyal, helpful, friendly, courteous, kind, obedient, cheerful, thrifty, wow. brave, clean, How and ironic. reverent. <laughs> Did you just read the Boy Scout code? Not in 2020, I wouldn't. <laughs> so, okay, so we actually also, another one point here is, we know that this episode was definitely filmed on location. This is not filmed in your The Void. The void, uh, the volume, the volume. You got me saying void from the yeah. The I volume. did. I said the void. If one this was in the volume, I, was, I no. You can't. I, I, th- I woke up in the middle of the night going, oh, I can't believe I said that. No, but you know what I mean. Do you? you this was obviously filmed mainly on location outside because those multiple tiers of, of ground and everything. So Boba Fett. Do you think it was filmed on location, or I think so? But you, th- they do such a good job of this damn show. The way you, the way you really can tell if it's filmed on the volume or if it's filmed uh, in location, is how far they can run. Because the volume, like when they show his walking sequences that are shot on the volume, he only walks like well, it depends on the five cut, feet, yeah. ten feet ma- maximum. Because it's not. I mean, the place is big, but it's not seeing pictures of it it's not you, you can't make full sprints across it and like get Yet. long runs and we do get to see some very long running sequences in this so that mm-hmm. makes me think that this was on location but they could have shot some of this on the on the volume like the temple area that could be shot on the volume so but the battle sequences i definitely i, I agree i think they were shot location so let's get right into who shows up here yes and we get a return of Boba Fett, and looking like uh, Robert De Niro in Shadows Frankenstein. I called him Boba Fat. Boba Fat. <laughs> He's got a dad bod. <laughs> he, he looks fine. He looks fine. It just it doesn't, doesn't no, help. It doesn't, per, it doesn't pers- help when he puts the armor on later. Well, it doesn't like, help that the person who played Boba Fett before was like stick skinny. So when the armor looks stick skinny, so he has an. What I I noticed is he's really able to use his. I believe it's New Zealand accent. I'm hearing it was. It's very What's pronounced. What's a Samoan accent? Yeah. Okay. Well, so uh, Samoan, I I, or, or Aboriginal, East, East Islander. Oh, okay. Okay. I, I, I bow to that. But I was. It, it. It was more pronounced than we the seven lines we had heard from Boba Fett in the past. Dude, there's more Boba Fett in this one episode. Than I know. All of Star Wars. I'm okay combined. with it. I was just very aware of it. <laughs> But he also makes some great lines. He says that he's just a simple man making his way through the galaxy like my father before me, which are very, you know, that's a combination of what Jango Fett said and what Luke Skywalker says in Return of the Jedi, that, that whole sequence there. Yes. He's been tracking Din. I'm assuming he's been tracking Din with the armor because there is a tracker in the armor. Well, let me ask you this. It's a question that's been brought up. Why did Boba Fett not take the armor from Cad, was it, yeah, in the first uh, episode? Yes. And if you recall, Cad said he got the armor from a Jawas. And actually, we saw that in a flashback, didn't we? Cobb. Cobb, Cobb. We saw that in a flashback. But that is contradictory to some of the stuff that came in the Aftermath book, which actually sounded like he might have gotten the actual armor from Boba Fett because he helped rescue Boba Fett and maybe Fett gave it to him. Or why didn't he take it from them because Cobb was doing something honorable with the armor and he didn't need to take it then? Or was Boba Fett 
you know, just slowly getting his life back together, you know, coming from a spice dream, which might have been hinted towards, you know, he was, took, you know, several years, he took three years or five years to recover, and maybe he was going to go to Cobb and try to get his armor. It's a question that's left out there for either a Boba Fett prequel series, which we are hearing if you issue about, or it will never be mentioned. But now he's obviously going for the armor from a bounty hunter versus he probably could have gotten a lot easier from the other guy. That is true. I don't think that's as big of a question that I want answered as I do want to see him get out of the Sarlacc pit. Even though it could be as easy as him exploding a hole in the Sarlacc and then walking out, you know, yes. that's as they did in the But he the is comics. so messed up in the face-wise, theoretically. We don't know, but he could have been messed up in the face-wise previous. We don't know if the Sarlacc did that. We, he's no he's always worn a helmet. dead. He's always worn a helmet, so his face could be all messed up anyways. Yes, he could. But that's what I want to see. I, I know it's probably even a shorter scene. It could be. That's you know he's he got married and had a kid in the comics apparently. In the, I was not aware of this. I think it's still within continuity. That's I, I I don't like that continuity, but that's okay. That's like Han Solo got married, had a wife before Princess Leia. Or he didn't though. That was just a convenience of names, I believe. Like he, he had to do it to say they were married. But that's neither here nor there. We also get the return of Fennec Chen. Who is Ming Fennec Na Chen? Wayne. Yes, so it's great. She's back um, with I a robot some, belly. I had read somewhere, yeah, with a robot belly. That's awesome. I had read somewhere that she kind of takes the place a little bit of if this maybe it was a Boba Fett movie that might have been Dengar as his companion, as his person he's fighting with. And I was like, oh, Where'd you that read that? Been, that would have been cool as hell. <laughs> but Fennec, but Fennec Chand is a, is they're building her up to be a pretty awesome character. And we have a moment here, which again, this is a plot moment here, where Din takes off his jetpack. Well, before that, he actually risked using what they're called, the Whistlers, wasn't that what yeah, they're called? So, uh, yes. And, and that's when Boba's like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Slow down. Let's take off your jetpack, which was really weird. I wrote down here, that's clearly for story purposes, oh, yeah. because he's like, let's disarm. Do you mean take off my guns? No, we need to take your jetpack off. As soon as he took off that jetpack... I was like, "Oh, that's not he good." Won't be able to fly he, after you've you've, you've, you've limited that, which I get it. You you could have limited it another way. You could have it get banged again, so then he can't fly, and then you got to repair it. And I I get all that. Don't do that. But I was like, "Oh, so he's he's far away from that little guy." I have a feeling he's going to need that. It's just having watched too many TV Weekly, shows for judge. me. Yeah, it's not that he's far away. It's for the ending sequence. That's what. Yeah. So uh, yeah, Fennec is still alive. Because last we saw her, she was dead. But she, like Jerry said, she has the the robot belly. <laughs> and then a troop transport arrives. Uh, this is uh, a earlier version of the uh, atmospheric assault lander, the AL AAL, which that is we see used in the, by the first order. Yes. So they land. And this sequence, Debbie goes. He really should grab his jetpack. <laughs> that's oh, yeah. from an outside. That's from a not someone who's analyzing it like we are. She's like, he should grab his jetpack. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I love this. I love the lander. It lands and like six guys get off. But that thing's holding like another fifty. Now, okay. So when these guys come off, they come running off. I look like the first couple guys running off. I'm like, they look really like their movement was strange. And I and my initial thought was like, they look kind of CG here. Like they're not running. Right, but it's only just for a few, like a second and a half. And I'm like, eh, something. and then all of a sudden they're real guys. But as the show goes on, we clearly are going to be seeing computer-generated stormtroopers mixed in with the regular ones in here. They Because of some of the things that happen, I mean, they, one of them gets Indiana Jonesed. And, you know, <laughs> so I, I did, I went back and thinking, like, okay, I wonder how many of these you know, are, are actually 
CG troopers. Interesting. Yeah. I uh, this this scene of them getting off the the lander is very reminiscent of like a D Day scene mm-hmm. where they're getting off and they're which is what the the right Force Awakens did. Yeah. Yes. Mando is running towards the kid. He's trying to get through the force field. He gets knocked out. And this is what Jerry mentioned earlier. There was a, this is where he gets removed from the storyline. Which happened also in the siege when he had to go get his ship. And we spent five minutes with our characters racing from the speeder bikes and the TIE fighters. So it's another time this is happening. We get a, the return of an old old favorite, Jerry. We get old orange shield arm guy. Well, hang uh, on. Stormtrooper. Yeah, we, we, we get to him. He He's a... He's actually Command. a mortar trooper. No, no, no. That's the yellow one. Yes, that's what I'm sorry. I, this okay. is the, this is the one we Shoulder see pad. at the start of uh, one of the first stormtroopers we see in... Look, there, Droids. In Star Wars, yes. He has the orange shoulder on, and I will always remember the scene because we ended up seeing it at the Omni... Uh, Omni Omnimax Max of the Museum of Science and the, Industry. When they added the dewbacks in into the background, and they added some more shots uh, with uh, stormtroopers, you get to see the... <laughs> it was the first time you saw Star Wars at a theater. <laughs> it was in an Omni. It was before the special Laying editions. Laying on my back, watching it on a dome ceiling. <laughs> in the middle, and they would show you that, and then they go, now we're going to talk about the planets and the moon. You're like, oh, just get to the guns and stuff. I don't want to be, under- I want to be educated. I want to be entertained. And so here's here's where we get Rob Rodriguez all over this. Oh, we absolutely. Get, we get the shots of the uh, gaff, gaffy stick. And the t- he, ha- he also has his Tuscan rifle he used earlier in this. That's the Tuscan rifle when he's picking them off when they're coming out of the ship. Yes, yeah, yeah. so you get the gaffy stick we talked about <laughs> we talked about earlier, and I mentioned how the one end, which is curved, was used to clean the teeth of the Banthas. So <laughs> <laughs> again, that that curved end they're showing it being used here, but it's still not a functional outside of cleaning the teeth of the Bantha. It's not a functional weapon. Like you could have a mace on there instead, or something. You want to? You, know, you want to cling on Batleth? Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be great. You know, you, you know how much you would cut yourself yeah, with one of those things. I cut myself just thinking about it just now. <laughs> Medic. And so we get the great like close-ups of it, and he's just uh, he's just being a badass here, and he's smashing the hell out of all these stormtroopers. And it was then, it was like redemption for I'm like I'm like eighth grade Jerry in 1983. He's like, yes, this is what we were hoping for. <laughs> I knew he was so good. <laughs> Not just getting burped out of a hole in the ground. <laughs> Jesus, George Lucas, you bastard. <laughs> and Jerry mentioned earlier, we get a bombardier who a new stormtrooper, yellow mortar. Uh, he's a mortar trooper, is what they have said online. That okay, we'll find out. Great, great. And we also get my childhood cannon gun. <laughs> the, the repeater, yes. yes the, that, it is called a... It has a specific name. Uh, I have it because I play Imperial Assault, and it's one of the things. It's and an I AR-30 blah blah or something. But yes, I had that, and that's, it, that was a really cool scene. So that. we get the scene here, and they're kicking ass, right? The, the two of them are just doing a great job. Mando's not even a part of it. And they're like, this isn't so bad. And then they land another trooper, yeah. uh, troop uh, vessel, which is <laughs> like, like a clown. Oh, okay. It's like a clown car. There's thousands coming out, which is great. Let me ask you this: this is this is a daytime fight, and I felt with the lighting and how this was shot, and it was done very very well. But it had a very similar feel to like some fan films we've seen, and I don't know if that's because it's stormtrooper armor or what. But you know, it's like some of the best fan films. Uh, they usually suffer in the acting department, but in the fight sequences, they look really good. But the way it was shot, and obviously shot in some desert area, it just, I'm not sure if it was, you know, just maybe because Robert Rodriguez was putting it together, but it didn't feel uh, as grandiose as some of the other ones. Not in a bad way, but it, it had a, I don't know, I guess I said fan film feeling to I me. I thought the fighting in this was excellent. I like, no, the I choreography and the action this, was great. The stunt work, 
uh, is really well done in this. And you, th- thank you for bringing up the brightness in this uh, shooting during the day because I had mentioned in previous podcasts how the darkness of being on the volume and stuff mm-hmm. like that. This is a very bright episode, and I love the look of this episode. I did not get the fan. The f- I mean, yes, I don't. The- I hate to make that sound like that's a. a- it's not that I'm saying it's it's as bad as a fan film. I'm saying some of the best fan films look like this, and maybe that's a, a compliment to the fan films in that way, but it felt in that wreck because of the lighting, because of the camera being more fluid. It, it just it gave me that feel to a certain, but not in a bad way, just remind, it was reminiscent. Look at me dance. Dance, Jerry. So we get the Raiders of the Lost Ark boulder coming down and taking well, out a couple of CGI. First, first, we get to see uh, Boba looks at the Razor Crest, and you know where he's going. Like you immediately is like, I know where he's going. So Boba goes off to the Razor Crest. Mando can't get to the kid because he's finally up. He can't get to the kid. He has his he has his line that he says here, which is going to come back to hunt. He's like, I'll protect you, kid. Which he's going to fail on that. Well, so, hey, spoiler. And then, and then the, the light stops because uh, Grogu is done talking with Luke Skywalker, and so then he's really tired. Yeah. It, Who do you think he's talking it to? Happens, it happens the instant, like, uh, Mando, the instant Din mm-hmm. runs away. Then Who do you think stops. he was talking to? Was it, I mean, was it we Ezra Pritchard? Last episode, was it, you could be talking to a lot of people. You could just be sending out a signal. There's uh, there's a people have done research on where Luke is at this point because Ben Solo is not his. He could have been on the seeing stone he that he was on. He could be training Leia still. No, she's done. She because at this point she's she's had Ben and she's decided to be a mother and not do that anymore. So they've established that in the timeline that that was like when we saw them in the flashback scene from Rise of the Skywalker. That was like a year to two years before this, or no, it was like four years before this actually. So yeah, we get Jerry's Jerry's Indiana Jones scene. The boulder goes rolling down, crushing everyone. I love the one doesn't move. He just keeps shooting it. And it's there's we, we get to see a scene earlier where the commander's like keep fighting, keep going, and the guy gets taken out right away, which yeah. is very, again that's very reminiscent of like Saving Private Ryan when like Tom Hanks is like get up and go, keep moving, and the guy gets shot right and he gets up. Uh, so they, they they have a very militaristic sense to them where the guy's like I don't want to leave my cannon because it's, it's an important piece of hardware. And he's also dumb. And he's dumb. So, yeah, and we get comments here. Obviously, now this is more uh, Fennec Shen and Din doing the fighting because Boba is absent. And the troopers are saying, we don't want you. We want the child. And obviously, uh, Din uses the whistlers in this sequence, which takes out a bunch. But then they were going to get overpowered. But finally showing up is... Hold on. So, so Mando, when when he's working with Fennec, I like this scene. And this is, again... All he the says, bullets I owe go you. right to him. Oh yeah, I knew he's, you were going to comment. I knew you were coming. But it's cool because he's blocking, he's blocking her and saving her with that. So it's another connection between them. And he does say he owes her. Yes, and and then as Jerry mentioned, the the, the scene, the scene of scenes, Boba Fett comes in. He looks great. I mean, I, yes, he lo- he's a little heavier in the outfit because the outfit is not necessarily the same. It's just the armor. He but, also, like the way he tilts yeah. his head, the oh, way yeah. it's shot looks just like Boba Fett. It is It is great, but again, it, it's less great than it would have been a year ago after we've spent how many episodes with looking at an incredibly cool Mandalorian armor. I loved it, don't get me wrong, but it's, it was slightly less because I'm so used to seeing Mandalorian armor every episode, including right. seeing the Boba Fett armor in the first episode this season on somebody else. That's very... That's, that's, it that's just so takes true. a little bit away from it, but again, I don't want to, you know... But in this next sequence of battles, there's a lot of CGI troopers. Yes. 
he oh yeah absolutely he he comes in he starts doing his thing he we get to see his knee pad rockets yes which was in a which was in a book somewhere he's gonna launch his missile he does he takes out two ships finally uses it but then he makes the joke that i was aiming for the other one yeah it was great that's fine and then the moment of all moments that made my wife freak out oh yeah they get rid of the razor crest. They didn't just get rid of the razor. They didn't just like damage it. <laughs> they obliterated it. It's not, it's not you coming back. In that. It's maybe razor crest two might come to point. But you know what? Hey, if they're going to be riding around on slave one instead of the razor I, crest, that's what I thought. I'm yes. okay with it. But yeah, they get rid of the razor crest. Is that the tragedy, Jerry? Is that the tragedy? When the aliens go? No. I mean, uh, I, I mean, the razor crest that 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 gets rid of zero. Zero is now gone. Hopefully, also on the Razor Crest, he doesn't have any uh, carbonated people on there. No, he's not been doing that, as far as we know. Uh, you know, it, there's. Mm-hmm. I think he loses a gun that we've seen him have. Oh, he had a whole armor of guns, but yeah, nothing but, but is he, important. But he had that long gun. I think that was on. Oh, there. you're talking about the one with the two, the the one that has like the yeah, tuning the fork on the end. On it. Well, think, hopefully he can. There. Yes, it might have he been. He can get another one. Of yeah, those that now. one wasn't as important as a particular spear that he finds later yes and at this point uh moff moff gideon's ship is the one that destroyed the razor crest they send he sends down four of the dark troopers who can who can fly they come down grab the kid boba goes off to get slave one they fly away jack prack would be really handy right very now. handy it's a shame that they wrote that in the script that he takes it off yes and we get now the redemption in some ways of boba fett as he's going to go over there and save the kid, but then he gets called off because Mando says, don't, you'll, you'll risk hitting the kid. And so Bubba's like, fine, I'll follow them. And at the entire time this is happening, I'm like, did you guys not just see that giant blast that came from the sky? It could come at any moment to take out Slave 1. I was really concerned that it was at least going to have something fire at it. I like to think the idea of Slave 1 being very much more, very stealthy, a much more powerful ship that's been around longer and has more things on it. I like to think that's the reason why. Mm-hmm. And uh, Boba Fett gets the great lines like, they're back, the Empire. This isn't a spice dream. I can see it with my own eyes. What was the director for the first season's name doing that accent? Which one? Who, who directs... Uh, Take Boba Waititi? Yeah, there you go. You got to do the accent, though. Your New Zealand uh, Boba Fett accent. Uh, well, I, you said he was... Uh, from the islands, so I don't know. Yes, yeah, from the islands, yeah. So he it's says just, this isn't a spice dream, which can people referencing, does that mean he's been uh, recovering because of his injuries from the solid pit? Maybe he's been uh, like an opium den, like a spice den, maybe? He can actually, this one isn't a spice dream. Saying. Yeah. That's fine, too. I mean, it, I, I didn't think of it as a deep sort of thing, like he's had drug problems, and yeah. and Fennec's like, hey, you're, you've had drug problems. Like, I, I, took, I took it as just a saying. Uh, so Mando's scouring the, cre- the, the the razor crest debris, and he finds the ball, and he finds the staff. Yes, the spear, yeah. And then we get Boba Fett explaining why he needs to keep the armor, because Django, his father, was a uh, foundling, and so he's earned that armor, and it gets he, passed down, and Mandalor- Django fought in the Mandalorian Civil War, and by de facto the armor belongs to Boba Fett. This was all information that was built into the armor which has his chain code for 25 years. Chain code in the armor that has all the information. And people have deciphered this that says that Boba Fett was son from Jenga Fett which was from something else. And also I noticed here that you know one of the ways that Boba Fett doesn't look as bad now is he no longer has his Wookiee 
t- braids hanging on his arm, which was always part of his uniform, which meant that he killed a bunch of Wookiees and kept them, like scalped them in a way. So he doesn't have that on him anymore because we're trying to redeem him. Like, he's not such a bad guy. He's all right. He didn't kill a bunch of people. Yeah. That's that's fantastic. I didn't even think about that there, as they try to redeem this terrible person. He's a bad dude. He's well, a bad guy. Like they're trying well, to make him a we've only seen him for seven minutes total, and every time we see him, he was going against our guys. But that being said, we did get some justification for him doing what he does in the prequel series. When, I mean, he gets to see his his dad, quote unquote, dad with his head chopped. Fire, off, Dad! Know? Of course, he's gonna get him, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. So we, uh, so they're gonna go off to Nav- so. Boba's going to help him because he's promised to help the, protect the kid, and he hasn't done that. So they're going to fly with him. They're going to go to Navarro where this is a, the scene where Mando is going to start to assemble the Avengers, <laughs> which is fantastic. I'm putting a team together. Cara Dune, Marshall. Ding, ding. <laughs> so he, he goes to Mar- uh, he needs her help. Marshall, Marshall Dune now. Uh, we find out that Marshall medal Dillon? from last episode, what it meant, and that she's now a Marshall, yeah. which is great. He needs her help locating someone in the prison directory, and that particular someone is a character we've all seen, Mayfield. Bill Burr. He's bringing, they're bringing back Bill Burr, which makes me very happy. That was one of my favorite episodes of last season. They need to spring him to locate Moff Gideon because he has a connection there, and she's like, I can't do that because that is something, you know, these stripes mean something, and he's like, hey, we got to do it for the kid, and that's when she looks to her. She's like, he's like she's like, you son of a bitch, I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> We do get, um, uh, I'll just read through, because we get to see a lot of prisoners, prisoners we have yes. seen, uh, and they finally get names, and they are identified as Gapegrin Dezito, he was <laughs> the small one so with the metal face mask from The Passenger, uh, Brian Redman, he's the human with the goggles, and Arvac Kafundi, he's the human with the helmet, and Medelwello, Medelwello D. You have enough trouble with human Nictu. names. Uh, these these are the guys we saw, the band of bad guys that we saw in the passenger, and then we get to see the Aquelish scene in Chapter Twelve, the siege. They are identified as Unga Tobo, Toba, <laughs> and on. Borden Todds. Nobody named Tim, and Tim. <laughs> oh, you're gonna go with Din, Finn, Tim. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, no, there was no no Tims. So that's what they stop in Navarro. Again, you mentioned it. I love the fact that he's like they took the kid, and that they end the scene there. Like we know what happens next. When she's like, <laughs> let's do it. Like it's that's awesome. That was really well done. You actually had mentioned previous episode because I was like, are we gonna bring back Cara Dune? Are we gonna bring back Grief Cargus? Car- uh, and you were like, oh, they might bring back just Cara Dune. And sure enough, they didn't even talk about grief. So well, there was we, grief of losing the child. There it is. Uh-huh. So now we cut to the light cruiser, Moff Gideon's light cruiser. Uh, they, he walks into the cell, and we have this great scene where the kid is just messing up these stormtroopers, which is which is fantastic. And but it tuckers him out, and he starts making this interesting sound. Gideon he's, smiles. He's he's, he's wheezing because he's so exhausted. The Grogu. Grogu. Uh, Gideon flashes his dark saber in front of the kid, and he's like, "I ah, know you can't have the yield." you'll poke your eye out he shows him he goes remember these from years past but you're not ready to play with such things and then stuns him and then in the, he gets stunned which Shackled. we get to see a stun and then we get p- perhaps the most evil thing the empire could ever do outside of maybe destroying alderaan <laughs> they have baby shackles i saw this great meme online like shackle them up give them the, give the baby shackles and the stormtrooper's like baby shackles 
oh my god, we are the bad guys. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of small races that need to be, you know, clipped. I guess. Fair, and I'll, I'll let that. Go. I'll, I'll let that. It's Jawa shackles. That was pretty yeah. good. But it's but the baby gets shackled, and we see it all. We see it lying down asleep. Gideon makes a Passed statement. Out. Call Doctor Pershing. Tell him we have our donor. Yes. And that is the end of this fantastic short. Very short. I think it's the second second shortest episode. episode compared to last season's episode two, which was like six minutes. But they don't they don't waste any time in this episode. I mean, everything is. It goes by so fast. Uh, Our fast. podcast is probably twice as long as that. Episode. Probably. Sorry about that, everybody. What? Listen to it at time and a half speed. So, great episode. We're going to continue talking about episodes. Uh, we're going to talk just real quick about a, a piece of news that Jerry and I were contemplating talking about. Uh, Spider-Man 3 is going to be coming. They're going to start working on that They have soon. already started working on They've it. They've already started working on it, and there is... This there is all spoiler a, stuff, though. Do you a really lot want of people it? signed on to it. A lot of people who we know, who you've seen, are signed on to it. Yeah, we're not going to spoil it, but... I I just wanted to make the point of saying because Spider-Man 3, Sony, they're trying to do this. <sighs> Everyone wants to do the Avengers with the way they're doing Flashpoint and, and trying to bring in all the people. But nobody wants to become a Justice League. Yeah, I, but that's, that's weird in, in itself. But everyone wants to do, be the Avengers. But the Avengers earned Infinity War and Endgame. They earned those for, from years of doing really successful movies, solo but the, movies. You're saying Sony, but it is Marvel it that's is. doing this. Marvel's is. movie with Sony's backing, but I it's agree, Marvel's movie. But I, I don't know if this Spider-Man 3 has earned this. Let's wait to see what the story is. Of course. Let's see how much they're into it. Let's find out how much characters... Uh, like Doctor Strange may be in it or characters from previous Spider-Man movies and stuff. We're not going to list it, but there's been a lot of people who have had past Spider-Man associations. Some of them who aren't even technically alive in their universes will be showing up in this movie. That So we'll find out. Yeah, so I'm, uh, I mean, I'll watch it and I'll, I'll be excited for it, but it's just they, everyone wants their wants to rush it. And it's like if you take your time with something, it'll pay off. It'll pay off if you do it right. Hollywood will prove. You just relax, Joel. Hollywood will tell us what to do. They know what they're doing. They're our leaders. They're the ones who know everything. <laughs> There's a that's fantastic. Do as they say, not as they do, and let them lead us with their vision and their wisdom. <laughs> as we talk about a Hollywood show that we really really enjoy, <laughs> keep making it, please. <laughs> Awesome. Uh, Facebook.com slash Benner Brothers Podcast, Twitter at Benner Bros Pod, and send us an email, Benner Brothers Podcast at gmail.com. We'd appreciate it. We'd love it. We always like your feedback. We are going to put out another Patreon exclusive for the few patrons we have, the very few. We really could use some more patrons in there to show us that you guys actually like what we're doing here. We got some fun stuff up there for you. So, Patreon.com slash Benner Brothers Podcast is where you need to go. Throw a dollar at us that just basically says, hey, we like the show. And we want to show our support for you because we don't know if you're out there or not. We're not getting as much feedback as we uh, would like to and got in the past. So say hi to us. Also, go in if you wherever you got this podcast, if you got it through Apple or through Android or whatever, and there's an opportunity to give us a review, even if it's just clicking on five stars. Hopefully, that's not five out of 20. But if it's five, then please <laughs> do that. That would help. I don't rating? know. I don't know. 
So that would be great. Two more episodes of The Mandalorian coming your way. Joel still needs to watch The New Mutants. Then we do something on The New Mutants. We got Wonder Woman coming on the way. And January 15th is when WandaVision's coming up. Will we continue doing these podcasts? Every week, it's a week by week. I don't know if I want to keep doing it. We might want to keep doing it. We need to hear some feedback, because right now, I don't even know if you people are out there. So clearly, at this point, everybody's gotten off the podcast, so I'm just talking to the wall. That'd be great. All right. See you next week for another Mandalorian one. I'm Jerry. And I'm the wall. We'll talk to you next time. (laughs) 